Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I told you it's a two for Tuesday. Didn't make you wait very long between episodes. Welcome to episode two on this delightful Tuesday morning. Back to back. We did our first buy low, sell high show earlier today with Raphael Johnson. That was fun. Hopefully we can do some more of those uh, as the season progresses. This is our Monday recap show. I'd like to say it's a Tuesday look-ahead show, but there are no games tonight. It's election day in a lot of spots. I didn't get any ballot, so I guess it's not election day for me. But, hey, go vote if you're in an area where there's a vote happening right now. NBA taking this uh, first Tuesday off in November annually, I think is actually a really good idea. It's cool. I think it's cool. Honestly, I think everybody should have Election Day off, uh, but we'll see. Doesn't seem, that's crazy. Like, you have to try to wedge it in around all the other crap that you're trying to do on a given day. I don't care your background, who you're voting for, whatever. You have the day off. Look at all these other random days off during the year. Why not this one, where there's an actual, like, directed thing to do? Well, the NBA did it. But, lucky for us, we got a whole lot of Monday recap stuff to go over. Like, a lot, a lot. It was a very big Monday. Forget Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday is so 2020... Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm... you're telling me what now? What's that fake producer that does not exist talking in my ear? There are 14 games tomorrow? Oh, okay, so Wednesday's still big. Okay, roger that. Um, so there were only 12 games on Monday, but we're going to go over them. Welcome to the show. Again, this is Fantasy NBA Today, show two of two. I am at Dan Bespris. That's the, my location. If Where are you at? I am at here, Dan Bespris. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S over on social media. I expect you all will find me over there. Because I am a bit of an addict. Social media is so damn important for fantasy basketball players. So important. Because, like, legitimately, while we're on air on most of these shows, news is breaking about what players are out and for how long. There's, there's just, there's no time where NBA news isn't happening. And, yeah, I mean, like, this morning, sure, I'm doing back-to-back podcasts, so if, yeah, as news breaks over the last two hours, I can just say it, I can repeat it all to you, but then I'm off air for 20-some-odd hours, where how am I going to get you guys the information I need to get you? That's over on social, so definitely come find me over there. If you don't want to follow 15,000 different people, don't, because it's a hellscape, but at Dan Bespris, at Ethos Fantasy BK to follow the uh, Sports Ethos news feed. I'm also quickly here at the front end. I keep forgetting to do this uh, like early in the show. I want to make sure that I get these thoughts to you. I'm throwing the Discord link in the chat room here early, popping that up on screen for folks that are watching on YouTube. It is a good one in the description. I made sure of that this time. Please do come join us in Discord. Um, there are awesome premium services in there for folks that have a fantasy pass. If you just are a free Sports Ethos user, there's some really nice just general NBA chatter going on, especially as we add you know, 15, 20, 30 people to the Discord every day. It just becomes more and more populated with folks who want to talk about fantasy basketball. And a cool thing that I've seen people do is when they ask a question 
for even on the free side, they'll put two emojis basically for voting on it, and they'll get you know nine, ten, fifteen, twenty replies to it of just other people that are cruising through there. Uh, and you can kind of crowdsource some of your fantasy questions. So really cool. A lot of really good ways to use that. I hope that we will see some of you over there. But let's not waste too much time on all this other stuff. It's not a waste, Dan. What are you talking about? It's very, very useful time spent. But let's not spend any more. Waste or not. Waste not, want not. Let's talk about fantasy basketball. We're going to dive right on into it. We'll see how long it takes us to get through this thing. You know, the funny thing is, and this is like, I don't know if you guys remember this this Conan O'Brien bit. But at the end of or beginning of every show, he would always say, we got a great show for you guys today. And then he'd sometimes turn, if he had Andy Richter on at that point, or sometimes he was solo, he'd turn to a producer and say something like, I have to say that. It's a, I liked the bit. I thought it was funny. Um, that's kind of how I feel about this one. Like, it was a 12-game Monday, but there were only like, two or three things mixed into all those 24 teams that played. So what we're going to try to do on today's show, I'm not going to cover every damn name on the board. That's just, that's too much to do. There are too many names. We're going to stick to the valuation changes. Okay. So bear with me on that. If you have questions, you can throw them in the chat room. I'll try to lightning round our way through those at the end of the show, but let's go over some of the changes that emerged from yesterday's card. Change number one, on the Washington-Philadelphia side, Philly beat Washington by 18. Wizards are really, really bad. They shot 51%, by the way, uh, and and lost by 18 because I had to look this up. The Sixers shot 56%. Um, Denny Avdia, another solid ball game. He's been better than I expected. I'm still not like what you'd call a, a true Avdia believer, um, but he's very much good enough to be rostered and played right now. Daniel Gafford was someone that we had talked about on the show as as somebody who you we really hadn't seen play normal minutes in a basketball game yet. And he finally got them, and he posted a really, really strong game. 12.7 boards, 5 blocks. Eventually, Joel Embiid ate him up, uh, but Gafford started strong. And, you know, it's the kind of performance that's going to earn him more play. He was a minus 4. So was Tyus Jones. So was Kyle Kuzma. So was Jordan Poole, actually. The starting lineup for Wizards wasn't that bad in this one. It was a lot of the bench weird configurations that were getting spanked and, you know, ended up being enough to take care of them. But we did finally see a lot of the Wizards crack 30 minutes. Praise the Lord, we finally got there. Uh, And so then you got a slightly better game out of Jordan Poole. Kuzma's actually been quite good so far. Tyus Jones, 12 points, 6 assists, couple of steals, couple of threes. That's kind of the lines you're hunting for with him. Hopefully he makes more uh, than whatever it was, five out of his 13 shots. But overall, that seems totally fine. Uh, Philly side, the only notable things here, DeAnthony Melton's still at just 26 minutes. That's a number that we really need to see get higher. Um, I thought for sure he'd be locked into 28, but he's not even at 27 on the season. He's shooting horribly at 32.5%, 67 at the free throw line. Those are things that are going to come up for him, so he's not going to stay as bad as he's been. But I'll tell you right now, in this Philly construct, 25, 26 minutes, that's not going to be enough for Melton. He needs 28. So if he doesn't get there, that's when we start to think about making a move. But I'm going to give it a little bit longer. Also notable, Nick Batum, uh, 17 brilliant minutes off the bench. He was a plus 30 in his 17 and a half bench minutes. Does that mean he's going to play a bunch? I doubt it because his body can't handle that. 
But what it did do was it rendered Kelly Oubre somewhat obsolete yesterday. Oubre only 26 and a half minutes, only five shots was really the key there. He just, he, they didn't need him gunning. Um, hold on to Oubre. Let's give this at least another week, week and a half to see how it goes. Same story for DeAnthony Melton. Um, and then no other real surprises there. Dallas beat Orlando 117-102. Mavs are off to a really good start this year. I, I, I admit I didn't have a good feel for the Mavericks coming into this season. That's a team that, from a, a betting standpoint, I pretty much always stay away from, but they've looked good so far. And the Kyrie-Luka connection has been solid. Um, both guys posted solid games here. Kyrie 10 assists. He's facilitating more than expected. People are complaining about Kyrie, and I think he's ranked in the 20s right now. Like, it's been a, kind of a, a lackluster start because his shots aren't falling, free throw or field. When they do, life gets really easy for him because, like, otherwise, well, I didn't expect eight assists a game. Well, anyway, Tim Hardaway Jr. hit four more three-pointers. At some point, the bottom's going to fall out on this one, but it hasn't happened yet, so you can hang on for dear life if you like. Grant Williams, not as good in this one. He missed some free throws, but overall, kind of the same stuff, uh, which has, I don't know why I said it with kind of a, a sad tone to my voice. He's number 83 in nine cat right now, and as long as he's ranked there, he belongs on a team. I know, I know, you guys are all wondering what the hell happened with Derek Lively. 5,016 minutes, that's kind of tough to overcome. Still was okay. It gave Dwight Powell some breathing room. I think typically here with Maxi Kleba out, Lively's the guy they want in the mid to high 20s in minutes. Uh, he's a hold. Lively's a hold. On the Orlando side, we came into this ball game wondering if Goga Batadze or Mo Wagner was going to win the center minutes battle with the note I said it on yesterday's podcast that this may end up just kind of a timeshare, and that's exactly what it was yesterday. Wagner 26 minutes to Batadze's 22 Previous game, Goga got the high 20s. Mo was at 19 or 20. And I do think that it could flip on a game-to-game -game basis. The faster stat set pileup guy between the two, that was very poorly phrased by me, is Wagner. Mo, 19 points, 5 boards, a steal, a 3-pointer in 26 minutes. If he's seen 24, 25 minutes, he probably gets near the top 100. Right now, it looks like neither one of them belongs on a fantasy team, though. Because if they're really splitting it right down the middle, that means neither one has any real upside. Markel Fultz was out for another ballgame, as was Gary Harris, so that allowed Cole Anthony some room to get loose for 19 points, 5 assists, to steal a couple of blocks. Good ballgame for Cole. I still have this weird fantasy crush on Jalen Suggs. He only played 24 minutes here because his shot wasn't dropping and he was turning the ball over. Uh, Willy-nilly is the term I will use on today's show. But he did have 10 points, 4 boards, 7 assists, a 3, a steal, and a block. There's this, there's this outline of fantasy value with Suggs that we can't quite fill in with broad, glistening, delightful colors because he's shooting 36% from the field. But he's also averaging 2.5 defensive stats, over 5 boards, and over 3 assists from the off-guard spot. I just, I can't quit him yet, even though I know I probably should. I can't quit him because when you can get boards, assists, steals, blocks, and up to this point, free throw percent, and the only thing that's been missing is the field goal percent, which would then drive points up as well. It just, it all feels like it's too close for me to let go of. 
So we're going to hold on to Suggs a little bit longer and see what happens, even if it turns out that it is a uh, urine down the leg. Indiana blew out San Antonio. You can pretty much just dump this box score. Don't read too much into either side of it. Um, Zach Collins, probably a little bit of a buy low because uh, his free throw percent is weirdly terrible to this point, as it are his turnovers weirdly high. On the Indy side, I mean, this is like, oh, what if somebody got 25 minutes in the front court? Not Miles Turner. He only needed 21 in this blowout. I was talking about Obi Toppin, who got 27 Someone came in and was like, Dan, Rick Carlisle's going to give Obi Toppin 27 minutes. I would put him on the ad block immediately, but we know it's not going to happen, and so we move on to the next one. Whispering as I do so because it's super annoying. Warriors beat the Pistons 120-109. to Golden State 6-2 and to start their year. They were another team that, if you go all the way back to July, they were on my list of season win total over bets because I felt like they had a chip on their shoulder. This was sort of like a Warriors, I don't call it last hurrah, because Steph Curry still looks like he's in his prime, but it's a little bit of a last hurrah, because, you know, I don't, what's going to happen with Klay Thompson, uh, age, um, negative press, and they actually have a little bit of depth this year, specifically Gary Payton the second. He's he's critical for them off the bench, and they've needed it because Andrew Wiggins has turned straight up into a pumpkin. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. He remains a buy low, and he remains a guy I don't want on my fantasy team. Both of those things are true. Meaning if you can go get him for like a waiver wire crapper, you probably do it and you leave him on your bench until he gets hot and then you try to move him somewhere else. That's the only thing I would do with Wiggins. Otherwise, avoid. Um, Chris Paul, 17-5-6. and six. He only played 21 minutes, but again, this game was well in hand. None of the staff was the only Warrior starter to clear 30 minutes. I'm not even really sure why that happened. I think it has to do with his minute pattern, like his substitution pattern. Because uh, nobody else did. Draymond, 27. Clay 28. They didn't need it. What I did like was finally seeing Chris Paul uh, see a few shots go in. That hadn't really happened to this point. Uh, he's still shooting just 36% on the season, though. Um, and so you, you got to feel that his numbers will trend upward a little bit. I remain somewhat concerned about how he and Draymond Green coexist as guys who want to be the facilitators. Um Probably have to see Chris Paul take a few more shots. Maybe this is more of like the Houston era Chris Paul where he's playing off of a guy like Harden there and off of Steph and off of Dre in this spot. 
but they find ways to have him run the second unit. And so when the second unit is playing okay, Chris Paul will rack up some numbers pretty quick against other teams' second units. Over on the Detroit side, Killian Hayes had a big ball game, but I very much don't care. Asar Thompson's been incredible so far. I'm blown away at how fast he's acclimated to the NBA. And congratulations if he was one of the late rookie flyers you took a shot on. He's he's amazing. Um, Isaiah Stewart, 17 and 11, and not surprisingly happened in a game with no Jalen Duran. So do you stream Stewart when Duran's out? Maybe. Otherwise, he's not a play. Marvin Bagley, also kind of a, do you stream this guy? Probably not. And then Cade Cunningham had five more turnovers. That number is outrageously high. I never thought he was going to be a top 30 guy in 9-cat this season. You guys can go to all my season run-up podcasts as Cade, a guy that I was not drafting where he was going. I thought he was going way too early. But also, he's not going to be, you know, 190 range, which is where he's at in 9-cat right now. That's a number that's going to work its way up the board. Question is, what would it take to get him? And I think it would still be too expensive. Marcus Sasser, 33 minutes. He kind of came back down to earth. I I, I do think the returns of Jaden Ivey uh, and Alec Burks kind of screws up the Marcus Sasser experience we've seen lately. I mean, if you want to add him understanding you're probably then going to drop him. I don't know. I don't think we need to worry about it. Harden's first game with the Clippers went about as you'd expect when uh, a team jams a whole bunch of mismatched pieces together on day one, which was that some guys played all right, some guys played terribly. The thing that no one ever thinks about when you're incorporating a key piece that's going to play big minutes and have high usage is how is it going to impact the defense? And that was a big-time problem for the Clippers yesterday. They had issues rebounding in a huge way. Mitchell Robinson, I think he has, like, the most offensive rebounds through two weeks for anybody in the NBA for, like, 20 or 30 years or something like that. I mean, he just annihilated them on the glass. Uh, And for the Clippers, you know, Harden um, was efficient. Kawhi was efficient. Paul George was not. Russ was, and you're just going to see issues. 22 turnovers has to be the number that jumps out at you, and that's going to be a number that is probably somewhat high for the near future. And not just for Harden, because all of these guys are trying to figure out, okay, where's James going to be? How? Where are the bodies going to go? Who's running the offense? Are we taking turns? Is it Harden running pick and roll and getting it to the rest of us? They have a lot of stuff to work out. It's going to get better but it's going to be a little bit weird while they're on the way there, which in my eyes means after about a week of this, which I think you'll see a week of this, you know, they might have a game in there where Kawhi explodes or Paul George explodes or something like that, but about a week of this, you'll probably be able to buy on Harden, Kawhi, and Paul George. So get ready. Remember I said it on November the 7th that in a week, whatever it is, week and a half, two weeks, you're probably going to be able to get a discount on some of the stars on the Clippers. And when we get to that point, let's be ready to jump at it. Nick's side, Josh Hart, 32 bench minutes. Yay. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. We really needed that. I know Quentin Grimes only played 21 and quickly only 20, so there's no guarantee that Hart's going to get 32 minutes every game. But the fact that we now saw him clear 30 minutes off the bench And the Knicks were, not surprisingly, good when he was on the court. Let's hope that this solves whatever that BS was to start the year where he was only playing 
you know, 24, 25 minutes because 30 plus for Josh Hart makes him a must add, must play guy. There's one of your little gold stars for the afternoon. Go ahead and make sure Josh Hart is not dropped to your waiver wire. The Lakers, right back into injury hell, and it only took two weeks to get there. Anthony Davis left with a groin spasm. I don't, without making any uh, lurid jokes, maybe it's time to do a Manscaped ad read here. Hey, and uh, Anthony, perhaps your groin wouldn't spasm if you shaved with the Lawnmower 5.0, which you can get over at manscaped.com. For 20% off with free shipping with promo code ETHOS20, E-T-H-O-S-2-0. 20% off and free shipping on whatever you get at manscaped.com. It doesn't just have to be the lawnmower. It could also be the handyman. That's a traditional electric razor. Uh, You can get the luxury nail kit. Look at that. I've got all these things on my desk because I use them. I actually use these things just sitting at my desk. Sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm going to shave my cheeks clean up the old face I definitely trimmed fingernails sitting at my desk, and I actually trimmed this nail last night, right as I was going to bed. Anyway, that's called the shears, I believe. 20% off free shipping, Ethos 2-0. So anyway, Anthony Davis had a groin spasm. Tried to play through it. It went very poorly, and that was really the stretch where the Heat opened up a lead. The Lakers also could not stop yelling at refs, and I get it. The game was not particularly well officiated, but like D'Lo, you can't get ejected. That was two free points. I think the Lakers gave four points to the Heat on technical fouls alone from arguing. LeBron got one, or maybe that was a delay of game or the second delay of Either way, like, they were all getting them, and that ended up being the difference in the damn ball game. Lakers rebounded a little bit better in this one. Not great. Bam had 20, and certainly once Anthony Davis was out, that didn't get any better. But from a fantasy standpoint, you kind of like when a team doesn't have many players available because Austin Reeves had to play 40 minutes. LeBron had to play 37. This is awful for him long-term, but certainly good right now fantasy-wise. Torian Prince, Prince played 34 and a half. D'Lo was at 29 before he got tossed. He was going to get to about 36. Christian Wood played 30. Cam Reddish played 29. I mean, they had nobody left. Once D'Lo got ejected and Anthony Davis lost, the Lakers were running a six-man rotation in this game. Great for fantasy. Very bad long-term for that club. Um, Hopefully they get somebody back. If they don't, Austin Reeves is going to be huge. They play again tomorrow in Houston, if I'm remembering that right. Uh, LeBron's going to have to be huge. AD's hoping to be back for that ballgame, but we'll see. I mean, Prince you can stream, Wood you can play, D'Lo you can play, pretty much anybody that's available, maybe not Max Christie or Cam Reddish, but almost anybody that's available, you know they're going to get almost 30 minutes because you know Rui's out and Gabe Vincent's out and Jackson Hayes is out and AD might be out. And who am I forgetting? There's like two other guys that are already hurt for that team. As far as the Heat go, Jimmy Butler had kind of a a wake-up game. You knew it would happen against L.A. He's up to number 38 in 9-cat now. I mean, this is what you can do early in the season with one big ball game. Adebayo's gigantor game moved him up the board a little bit. He's up to number 92 off of a very very slow start to the season. Um, Tyler Hero's been solid. And I don't know that anybody else really deserves your time in Miami. Duncan Robinson, three-point streamer, but that's it. 
I had outside hopes of Josh Richardson carving out a role for himself because Kyle Lowry is not good at basketball anymore, but also Josh Richardson's not really good at basketball anymore. Let's keep going. We got a long way to go still. Milwaukee beat Brooklyn 129-125. Milwaukee uh, tried to use drop coverage on defense. Remember we talked about that worked really well in our last ball game, and Brooklyn just went to work with a whole bunch of mid-range shots and sort of forced Milwaukee to abandon that. That's why Brooke Lopez didn't have a particularly good ball game here. So don't read too much into that. Schematically, this just didn't work for the Bucs. Uh, on the net side, big game for Cam Thomas. He's just rolling right now. Mikhail Bridges had a nice ball game. Royce O'Neal had a pretty good ball game in 25 minutes off the bench, but he's more streamer level while uh, everybody other than Nick Claxton is healthy. Dorian Finney-Smith had a, a colder shooting game, but still got a three-pointer, six boards, a steal, a block. Uh, he remains a solid fill-in. Ben Simmons, a classic Ben Simmons game, two points, 15 rebounds, four assists, no defensive stats. Someone in the chat room uh, was asking where his defensive stats went, and I, I, I just think it's the speed for him. I don't think he has the speed he used to. So as fun as it feels like it's been for Ben Simmons, he's actually ranked outside the top 100 right now, mostly because he hasn't had defensive stats. If, if, if he could get the steal rate up a little bit, he'd shoot inside the top 100. Also, uh, maybe make you know more than a quarter of your foul shots, but you know we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. Spencer Dinwiddie, really bad ball game. Um, I didn't draft him anywhere because he needs a ton of usage to be a fantasy asset, and it just didn't seem like he was going to have that this year. But he's also shooting 43% at the foul line, so life will probably get a little bit better. Um, I don't think he's a 9-cat 12-teamer this year, for whatever that's worth. I just don't think so. Sacramento got blown out by the Rockets. You can throw this box score right in the garbage chute because nobody did anything on the Kings' side. They all were terrible. For the Rockets, Alperin Shengun nearly triple-doubled. His defensive stats have been kind of strangely low so far, but you certainly can't complain about the uh, assist numbers to this point. Jalen Green had a rare efficient ball game, um, so he put up a pretty good one, and then everybody else didn't really have to do very much. So again, move along. Boston lost in overtime. The Timberwolves. Timberwolves, ladies and gentlemen, you may remember, I had them as an overbet back in July. The receipts are there, ladies and germs. I thought the Wolves were going to be good this year. And honestly, they've been better than I expected so far. They've won three in a row. Uh, have not won on the road yet. So we'll see if that comes around. But fantasy-wise, Nas Reed, he's a go. All systems go right now. He's getting 25 minutes a game. He can put up really nice numbers in those 25. Cat fouled out of this one. So that helped Nas a little bit. Um, but he's doing it. And I, you know, I don't care about the, whatever's going on around it. Mike Conley, fine enough. Didn't do very much in this ball game, but he's a hold. Kyle Anderson slowed down after having one better ball game, and he's going to be... I'm a little worried that slow-mo is going to be someone who kind of bounces in and out of the top 100 all year. Probably settles into streamer mode, if I had to guess. Uh, but, you know, if you want to hold on a little bit longer and find out, I'm okay with that. It just sort of feels like that's what slow-mo is going to be this season. Al Horford filling in for Derek White, played 36 minutes and did very little in them all. It was a plus seven in the minutes he was on the floor in a game they lost by five. So, you know, six and one half dozen. I think 
I think you can probably stream Horford when any one starter is out for the Celtics, you know, regardless of this crummy line. He just does a little bit of all things. And so, to me, that feels like something you could probably utilize. If you want to go back to the Minnesota side, Jaden McDaniels had 20 points on 18 shots. The problem with McDaniels, and I, and he's going to be better in reality than he is in fantasy because he can get you some threes, he can get you some steals, he can get you some blocks. He doesn't score reliably, he doesn't rebound or assist reliably, and his percentages aren't good enough to float you in anything. So, like, we all just wish that somehow he'd be cut loose to do other stuff, but it's just not going to happen on a team with Anthony Edwards, Cat, Gobert. There aren't, so that, and Conley, frankly, and slow-mo. So there just aren't rebounds or assists or shots for him most ball games. There was in this one, but that's a one-off. I love having him in 30 deep because I got him at like pick 140 there, so that's going to pan out great for me, but 9-cat 12 team, mm-mm. How about that Jalen Johnson, huh? And I know Atlanta lost this game, but who cares? 13 and 12, five assists, three steals and a block. He's been a revelation. Sadiq Bey was also very good off the bench. So both those guys are still a hold. DeAndre Hunter, I think we can probably move on from the heat uh, or the, the, the heater has ended. So Hunter back to stream level and he's on a cold streak right now. Thunder, nothing really of note. Lou Dort had a big ball game, but we know enough about his fantasy game to know that that's just not going to last all season. Shea came back early from his injury. He was originally listed as out and then ended up playing. Great. Oh, man, did the Bulls need this blowout win. Kobe White had a better ball game, but you know who cares? Not me. He's number 184 after a good ball game. Usually after somebody has a good one, you hope that they get to like a level where you're like, oh, maybe I'll meet. Nope. Nope. That's the Bulls side. Literally the only thing I wanted to mention on the Bulls side. Utah. I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to repeat it until people stop arguing with me about it. What's he going to say? He's going to say, Taylor Horton Tucker and Jordan Clarkson are not nine cat 12 team players i don't care how specialized you need your team to be they do more damage than good on a night-to-night basis tht you need to be punting both percentages for him to get it near the top 100 jordan clarkson you didn't need to be punting like half the categories for him to get near the top 100 they're not nine cat 12 teamers People keep arguing with me. Oh, I need Clarkson for... No, you don't. I had Jordan Clarkson in a league last year, a Roto League, and I was, like, languishing in fifth place. I dropped Jordan Clarkson, and my team immediately started climbing the ranks because I gained points in field goal percent, and I basically didn't lose anywhere. And he's much worse this season so far. Uh, You know, some of that's going to come around for him. Like, he's going to have some games where he shoots the ball better, but... When the dust settles, it's not going to be good enough. You know who likely will be good enough when the dust settles? Walker Kessler, who pushed himself up to number 145 with this positive showing. Um, We just need more minutes. We just need him to get to those starters' minutes on a game-to-game basis, and everything will be totally fine. 
And I do think it's going to come around. Um, buying now after 15, 15, and 4 is going to be a whole heck of a lot tougher than buying on Kessler before this ball game. But I still think you can get him somewhat on the cheap. And I would say, go for it. And the last game of the night probably had the most interesting fantasy note of the entire evening, and that was Jordan Hawkins, who put up 31 points on 19 shots in the first game without C.J. McCollum. It was a loss, so grain of salt, but it was also a loss at the hands of the uh, fighting Nikola Jokic's. My good Lord, I mean, Denver, what a machine that team is. Jokic somehow is only ranked fifth in fantasy on a per-game basis. I don't even really know how that's possible. I think it's because he hasn't been able to hit his free throws so far, but we know that'll come around. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is off to a tremendous start, and you can expect a lot of that to continue with Jamal Murray out for what they're saying is not days. So that my tea leaf reading there would suggest weeks. Uh, KCP... Y'all can hate on KCP all you want, but I have him in plenty of places, and he's number 61 in 9-cat so far on the shoulders of two steals per game, very good percentages, half a block, and two threes per contest. I'll take it. Thank you very much. Uh, Aaron Gordon's a weird one. I, I almost never talk about him because I hate his free throw percent, and it's at 50 this year, but he is inside the top 90 so far because he's shooting 58% from the field. Uh, and he's over a steal and a block per ball game. I mean, I think we've seen enough from Aaron Gordon over the years to know that that's probably going to taper off. So if you can trade him for someone else ranked near 80 that has better staying power, I would consider it. Maybe you could go try to get Nick Claxton for a stash for a few weeks. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Reggie Jackson got his first start with no Jamal Murray, seven points, four assists. That is uh, a check in the wrong column for him. I don't think that he's someone you have to race out and start. Certainly streamer level in head-to-head if their schedule were uh, in a good spot. Um, but, you know, games cap roto, I don't think that it makes the mark. But certainly on the Jordan Hawkins front. So uh, let's let's pause and just take a moment briefly to talk about what happened with the Pelicans the um, the report before the ball game was that the Pels, who said it? I think it was a Willie Green quote, right? Yeah, I think it was from the head coach. I think Willie said that they were probably going to be doing a little bit of matchup stuff. Meaning you'd have some games where there's a little more Matt Ryan, some games where there's a bit more Dyson Daniels. A games where maybe there's even a bit more Larry Nance Jr. Uh, just to sort of, and not that those guys necessarily all fill in directly for McCollum, but they can move bodies around. They can have Brandon Ingram play some sort of point forward if they had to. They don't need a, a an old-fashioned point guard with McCollum out, although it certainly does help. But, you know, they ran a bunch of their offense through Zion yesterday, for instance. And a lot of times they'll run it through Ingram, Zion with nine assists and zero turnovers was very impressive. I don't know that I would call either of those guys an elite passer. I don't know that I would call McCollum an elite passer, but he's a little bit better than those dudes. So the Pelicans are they're going to have a little bit of feeling out to do. And in the meantime, you know, they got this young dude who's just on fire. So in my eyes, you have to pick him up. And, you know, we saw when he was filling in for Brandon Ingram that he has a relatively strong fantasy game. That is to say, like, 
the percentages are not there yet, and that's the thing that you're going to be worried about because eh, young player, rookie, shooting 39% from the field, 73% at the free throw line, but yeah, averaging 27 minutes a game this year, 13 points, four boards, two assists, a steal, and three three-pointers, that's hard to completely ignore. So I think I would add him. There's going to be a little bit of a close-your-eyes-and-pray kind of thing going on with the percentages. You just you hope that they don't aren't as bad as they have been. Games cap Roto, would I throw him in immediately? No. Especially, again, on the report that they may use Dyson Daniels in a different matchup. Things like that. So, uh, games cap, I don't think I'm using him right off the bat. But head-to-head, I think I probably would. Because it doesn't... I mean, yeah, I guess it could hurt you if the percentages are that awful on any given night. But if he's going to rack up a bunch of counting stats, which... We've talked about variability a bit more this season on the pod. Uh, those are things you want to try to collect. So that's your Monday recap. A lot of questions in the chat room. Oh, my good Lord, you guys came prepared today. Uh, before we get to those, a reminder mid-show, please hit the like button. It ain't that tough. It'll take you a second. One second. Really, that's like that. That's that's how much I'm asking of you for these hour-long specials where I answer all of your questions at the end. Please hit the like button, and uh, if you've been enjoying all the content we're putting out, whether that's the the buy low the buy <laughs> the buy low show, the buy low sell high show from earlier today with Roth, uh, whether it's these recap shows, whether it's the the big Friday weekend review shows, whether it's the weekend advance shows with Derek, please subscribe. It means the world, really. That's how I grow this thing, the subscriptions. That's what does it. Um, so please hit that button. Please like, and please come find me right now. I'm going to go look, actually. I'm going to go check my Twitter feed to see if anybody came and followed me in the middle of the show. Oh, look, it looks like one person did. That's fun. How about you do it as well? And also, hey, did anybody come into our, our Discord from the link I posted? Ah, actually, it looks like a couple of you guys did find the Discord link. That's fun, too. Look at that. Things happening in real time. Here's the Discord link again for those that are watching. Hem, I will clear my throat. Take a sip of water because two shows in a row is a lot. And let's see how many of these questions we can get through. Question one. Uh, my league rarely trades. Who do I drop for a streaming spot between Derek Lively, Malcolm Brogdon, and Jalen Suggs? Brogdon fits my team the least because I'm punting assists. Uh, it's probably Suggs, unfortunately. Again, I have this little crush on him, but he's he's not a 10-teamer right now. Hey, Dan, is it crazy that I'd rather keep Chet if someone offered Wembenyama? I feel like Chet's blocks rates are similar. He has better percentages than Wemby. Well, when you say keep, I assume you're talking about a redraft, just sort of one-to-one -one on this thing. Um... I think there is a very real chance that Chet beats Wembenyama this season in straight nine-category rankings. If you need more points, Wembenyama is likely to get those for you. Um, Chet is likely to have better percentages at the end of the year, and that's why he was on the old man squad, even though he's very much not an old man. It's because he has old man ability guy who's going to be higher ranked than people expect because his percentages were good. I'm 
pretty happy with the fact that the only young dude I had on the old man squad was Chad Holmgren. Although, man, can you guys believe Asar Thompson? Holy crap. Should I trade Brandon Miller and Benedict Matherin for Jeremy Grant and Clay Thompson in a dynasty league? Uh, no, because I think Brandon Miller's probably the guy. Unless you're really in win-now mode, you probably want Brandon Miller from that group in dynasty. Clay Thompson is very much on the tail end of his career. Jeremy Grant is not that far away from it. And he's on a team where he's going to probably get shut down again if they can't move him. His Claxton for my Russ and Lively, is that too low? Uh, that's where, I mean, maybe he's getting tired of stashing. Why the hell not? It's probably not going to get it done, but you could try. Is Christian Wood an ad? Yes. What happened to Ben Simmons' defensive stats? Oh, this is the question that I was talking about before. He's just not as fast as he used to be. They'll be better than they are right now, but they're not going to be where they were. Is Clay Thompson a buy low? Hmm. Yes, because at some point here, Steph is not going to be able to go full thermonuclear in every single ball game, and they're going to need Clay to step it up a little bit. Now, um, a lot of the issue has just been that he hasn't taken as many shots as last season. Uh, I think that's a number that probably comes up for him a little. Um, so, yes, short answer. Slight by low. Would you trade Trey Young for Kawhi Leonard? Yes, but I play a lot of nine-cat games cap roto. And if it totally messes up your team build, then maybe not. Like, Trey might beat him in totals, on, but Kawhi's going to win the, the per-game battle there. Jalen Williams for Jalen Johnson. A Jalen swap? I think I'd rather have Jalen Williams on the Thunder than Jalen Johnson. I love Jalen Johnson a lot. I like them both a lot, a lot. But I think I'd rather have Williams. Dan, how would you rank these three players in 9-cat Roto? Jalen Brunson, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. Uh, I think I'd go actually right in that order. And would you take Michael Porter Jr. over any of them? Um, No. MPJ would be the back end of that for me. Are we dropping Jeremy Sohan? I never picked him up. Told you guys his percentages were going to break you. So, yeah, you can drop him. Is Jalen Williams a buy low? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, so the one thing that hasn't really come around for Jalen Williams yet is the steals rate. He's only at .6. Everything else is exactly where you need it to be. The hope, of course, is that .6 steals goes up to more like 1.6, and that's how he jumps from uh, 100 range to more like uh, 50. And anything beyond that is gravy. Um, so, yes, if you can get him for 70, I think I would do it. Mo Wagner versus Goga. Nah, I don't think you need to do either of them. Orlando has a good schedule this week. So to that end, head-to-head -head side, you could do both. Roto, I don't think I'm doing either one of them. Dan, help, please. I need to drop a player to activate De'Aaron Fox. Devin Booker, and Derek White. Well, bad news for you, bud. Derek White's the only one that's probably playing in the next ballgame. Uh, my closest to drop players are Dorian Finney-Smith, Mo Wagner, Tim Hardaway Jr., Tyus Jones, Jordan Hawkins. Tyus Jones, you're not dropping. Wagner, you can drop. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, you can drop. Um, 
Jordan Hawkins you could drop. I think I'd probably hold Tim Hardaway while he's on a heater. Definitely Tyus Jones. And if you prefer Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, because he's probably also sort of, a, sort of a safe floor guy there. Guys, I have the weirdest thing happening. There's this fan in my bedroom, and I don't know what my kids pushed on it, but I turn it off, and then after an hour or two, it turns back on. And now I'm freezing. Uh, should I drop Xavier Tillman for Josh Hart or Kobe White? Yes, for Josh Hart. If you have a chance to trade Jalen Green for a power forward, who do you target? I don't have the first flying clue, guys. Because Jalen Green isn't inside the top 200. So who are you going to get? I don't know. I have no idea what that dude is valued at in the, in the general landscape. I can't help on this one. Is it the right decision to trade Tyrese Maxey for Kyrie last week? I know Kyrie's going to miss games, but he's capable of being... Yeah, um, yeah I'm good with that. I'm good with Kyrie over Maxey. Should I trade LaMelo Ball for DeJounte Murray in a points league? No. What's the rest of season outlook on Dame? He was a borderline first-round pick, but he doesn't look the same with the Bucks. He wasn't a borderline first-round pick. He was a mid-first-round pick. I think he gets back to uh, at least top 20, probably higher. So I wouldn't worry. In a league with a very deep bench, would you stash Moses Moody with the Wiggins weirdness and likely high injury risk on the Warriors in general, or would you stash Obi Toppin? Uh, well, I guess the question is, if you need them doing stuff right now, then Toppin's doing more right now. If this is all about someone you can just sit on your bench forever, then it's Moody, because then you're like, okay, well, now I'll drop him in. Like, if Clay takes a game off, or if Wiggins takes a game off, or whatever, you get the intermittent bursts of better per-game numbers from Moody, whereas with Toppin, like, you're going to get something. It's not going to be great, but you're going to get something every day. Should I drop Tillman or Monk for Jordan Hawkins? Yeah, I think you can drop Tillman. Not that Hawkins is going to be a rest of season guy, but I don't think Tillman's going to be a rest of season guy anymore either. Weekly 12-team head-to-head league with an open IL plus slot. Would you stash Alec Burks or Amon Thompson? Uh, we'll go Burks. I think he'll be back sooner. I think he'll produce quicker. I didn't get the chance to ask in the earlier show, but what are your opinions about two-for-one trades, like combining a sell-high guy with a player you want to get rid of for a higher-ranked player? I like them, but as everybody gets better at playing fantasy sports, they become tougher and tougher to pull off. So you're going to have to feel like you're giving up more than you're getting back, like significantly, or you're not going to be able to pull it off. The problem with two-for-ones is people send like two top 70 guys, and they ask for a top... 40 guy back it doesn't work that way you need a guy overperforming who you think is going to fall back and pair that dude up with a safer side player and ask for that top 40 so i like them they're hard to do dan would you trade jalen williams to get azar thompson in nine cat roto uh no it's a little bit of a sell low on jalen and a bit of a buy high on thompson so no i like them both a lot but i don't think that's the right pairing should i try to sell high on gordon hayward yes you freaking should he's number 60 and he hasn't gotten hurt yet none of those things will last who would you even sell hayward for yeah i mean that's the question uh you could probably get like a conley or a 
maybe Grant. Uh, maybe you could get D'Lo. He's ranked like 25 slots behind because his shot hasn't fallen that much yet. If you can get D'Angelo Russell for it, maybe injured Terry Rozier. No, that won't happen. Uh, Buddy Heald, who's managed to get inside the top 100 despite only playing 24 minutes. That might be an interesting one. See if you can go get Buddy Heald for Gordon Hayward. Because Hayward's going to go down. And Heald, like, he's in his worst-case scenario right now, other than being held out. Hey, Dan, what's an attainable and reasonable alternative to DeMar DeRozan? I'm kind of scared for the Bulls, and I want to get rid of him while his value is average. No, you don't need to do that. Stick it out, man. Even if he gets traded, he's going to go to a place where he has a big role. Don't don't panic on DeMar. He's already on a team with two other guys that want the basketball. So, I, like, it's probably not going to change very much. Dude, I have Giddy, Dinwiddie, and Keegan Murray in 9-cat. No clue what to do with them anymore. Well, Keegan Murray you're holding on to because the Kings are just flat-out bad without De'Aaron Fox, but Keegan's still number 110, and he's shooting 35.5% so far this year. So uh, Keegan Murray is very much a buy-low. Josh Giddy was someone that was on my bust list if anybody was watching this show during the damn preseason, so you're stuck, man. You can't really sell low on him. You got to hope that Shea misses three games, Giddy goes big, and then maybe you can trade him in for somebody that's got a safer floor and then Dinwiddie there's just not enough usage there um he's probably a drop he's the only drop of the three I think should I start Jakob Pertl or Mark Williams tomorrow I don't know man I haven't even looked to see who they're playing tomorrow yet this is a you need one of our DFS experts let's see Charlotte is hosting Washington oh that yeah I mean I don't think I need to even look at the other one who's Toronto playing in Dallas uh yeah give me Mark Williams should I drop Andrew Wiggins in a points league? No. No. Do you think Xavier Tillman's going to come back with a starting role? Yeah, probably, but I don't know that that actually means all that much. Thoughts on KCP without Murray? Was playing well before, but the seven assists were nice last night. Um, You know, we saw last year that KCP actually was worse when Murray or Jokic was out because his shot quality got poorer. Um... We'll see. I mean, I'm still in on KCP, and I have been since day one. Uh, nothing has changed that. Should we hold Dylan Brooks? Yeah. I mean, he's hot as hell, man. It's hot as Bakersfield in July. He will cool off, and at that point, you can probably punt, but right now he's hot. Should I drop Drew Eubanks for Daniel Gafford? Yes. Thoughts on DeAnthony Melton? I think we covered him earlier in the show, right? Um, he's a hold for me right now. I want to see how this whole thing shakes out. But if his minutes don't get up over 28, then eventually we do have to, we would have to move on, but not yet. What are your thoughts on Scoot Henderson? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, don't draft ball handling rookies typically is my rule there. Uh, the fact that he got dropped is really interesting. It's a 14-teamer. I think you probably stash him because at some point this year he's going to be really fun, but it might not be until January or February. So you're probably adding him, and it's going to be rough for you. Uh, but if you don't, I'm guessing somebody else will. Should we be concerned with Jalen Brunson and Darius Garland's shooting percentages? No, these guys are who they are. Brunson's shooting 40%. That'll work its way up. Garland has been awful. 
42. Ah, that's actually not going to change all that much. Garland's turnovers are at 5.3. That's the number that's going to come down a lot. He was getting overdrafted because he gets assists, but Garland was like 50 range last year, and that's probably where he worked back to this season also. Would you drop Max Struess for Jordan Hawkins? I would not. Do you think DeAndre Ayton is a sell high? Yes, I would. I think if you can get anybody inside the top 30, you do it. If you can't, you probably hang on, because I think Ayton's probably going to be inside the top 50, 45 range this year, so the target there is to try to beat that number. Larry Markin and Buddy Heald for Zion and Capella. Who wins? Well, if you're punting free throws, the Zion and Capella side wins, and if you're not, the other side wins in a landslide. The only way the Zion Capella side wins is if you're punting free throws, because otherwise Lowry's way out in front of everybody as the best player in that trade. Tyrese Maxey, rest of season. Uh, really does feel like he can be a top 25 player. He's having a ball, and ain't nobody coming for his minutes right away. Maybe they do make another trade down the line to get a usage guy, but I mean, if he's rolling top 20 for a couple of months, it's going to be hard to knock him off of that perch. Uh, so yeah, top 25, I think is very reasonable for Maxi, maybe even a little bit higher than that. Guys, you don't have to post the same question 15 times. I, I, I see them. Okay. If it's in the chat room, I see it. Should I drop Struess, Suggs, or Looney for Nas Reed? Mm, Suggs or Looney? Let's go Looney. Jordan Hawkins or Jalen Suggs, 10-teamer, points league. Give me Suggs because, I, I like, the Hawkins one is tied to the C.J. McCollum stuff. Uh, Suggs is not really tied to anything, so let me we'll go that one. Do you think DeMar DeRozan is cooked? What? He's number 48. Are people watching the same stuff as me? He's still at 21 points and four assists. Field goal percent is down a little bit right now, but he's at 1.4 steals. DeMar's fine, guys. He's inside the top 50. Do I trade Trey Young or Paul George for Wemby or Barnes? Um, well, Barnes is a is a buy high right now if you're buying on him because he probably comes down from there. I mean, if you you're, you're not going to get Wembenyama for Paul George. Whoever has Wembenyama is not giving him up. That's just assume they're not trading him. They're not trading him. Did we decide it's Hawkins time? Yeah, why the hell not? It's Hawkins time. I got to wrap this thing up soon. Keegan Murray, rest of season outlook. Uh, let's go 90. I have Melton, Hawkins, Jaden McDaniels on the wire. Any of them worth dropping Keegan for? Uh, no, I think I'd stick with Keegan. Someone dropped Wiggins in my points league. Do I just stay away? Uh, points leagues, I think I might consider it. Is Tyler Hero a sell high? Uh, um, yes. The steals are going to come down. Scoring also probably comes down a little bit. Yes, sell high. Who can we get for Cam Thomas? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you're not. He's number 26, but nobody believes that's where he's going to stay. You could probably try to get somebody in the top 70 range. That feels like attainable. Is trading Jalen Williams selling low? Yes. There's another should I sell high on Cam Thomas. I mean, yes, but also I really have no idea what you're going to get. 
How sustainable is Dennis Schroeder's production this year? Uh, you know, he's number 52. I assume his three-pointers are going to come down, but his free throw percent is probably going to come up. Maybe the assists come down a little bit. Um, I'm going to say somewhat sustainable. It does seem like he'll be a nine-cat start guy all season long. Where that sits exactly, I don't know for sure, but um, he is a sell high, yes, but he's also, I think, going to be decent all year. Melton, Brooks, Herb, or Bogdan? I can pick up two. Give me Dylan Brooks right now because he's hot and Herb Jones. Um, and then Brooks cools off Herb and Melton. Should I trade away Kuzma for Austin Reeves or are they about the same? Same. Should I drop Bruce Brown for Jordan Hawkins or Jalen Suggs or Max Struess? Mm, maybe Max Struess. Or maybe nothing. I don't think that's going to change your team very much. Tatum and Trey Jones for McHale and OG and CP3. Uh, the Tatum side. Melton or Struess? Right now it's Max Struess, believe it or not. Dame or Damian or uh, Donovan Mitchell, sorry. Not Davion Mitchell. Dame or Donovan Mitchell, rest of season. Uh, I think they'll be pretty tight, actually. Those guys probably both end up in the in the 12 to 16 range, somewhere near there. So, whichever. Whichever. Maybe Dame by a tiny bit, but whichever. Anthony Simons, rest of season. Well, we need to get him back first. Uh, but then, hopefully, top 70 after that? Is it worth adding Miles Bridges? I'm personally not doing it. I don't care if you do. I'm not going to judge anybody. I just think I can win without him. Yes, if you are uh, feeling cutthroat, you can do it. I just I don't really want to bother. Would you try to sell P.J. Washington with Miles Bridges coming back? Yes. Should I drop... Oh, this is a shallow league. Someone drop Jaden Jaden Williams? I'm assuming Jalen Williams. Should I drop Gobert, D'Lo, or Van Vliet? Uh, D'Lo would be your weakest of those guys. Thoughts on Tari Eason when he comes back? I don't think he's quite inside the top 100 when he comes back. Rebounds and steals, if he can get a bunch of those, he might be able to get there, but it's iffy. Should I keep Herb Jones? Yeah, certainly with McCollum out. Let's see how that goes. And Hart, rest of season if his minutes stay high. Well, he was in the 65 range in 30-some-odd minutes last year, so let's say 85 or better. And that's that. Two shows back-to-back. -back, that's a lot of shows. I need to stop talking. Guys, find me over on social at Dan Bespris. Like, rate, subscribe. Go check out the Fantasy Pass at sportsethos.com. You'll love it. Hang out with us in Discord. Hang out with us on social. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. So long for now. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a Sports Ethos presentation. I am, was, Dan Bespris? Question mark? Bye-bye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.